Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I am David Bax. And thank you for listening, David. How you doing? I don't listen to the show. Huh? You're yes, thanking I, me for listening. I don't Yes, I know. Maybe show. if you did, maybe uh, you would, you'd have more sympathy for the listener. <laughs> but you were saying was, thank you for listening. Full stop. And then starting a new thought. I like to mix it up. Me. Yeah. Okay. Um, the... Uh, yeah, you asked me. Did you ask me how I was doing? I forget. Yeah, I started because to, I but then you interrupted you me. Um, you know, I have like it's the same line every time, yeah, and I don't even pay attention. You to panic it. Um, in that in that pause. Here's what I'm doing. I'm very excited because right now it is it is Sunday the seventeenth, and in three days I'll be leaving leaving Los Angeles for San Diego to spend five days at San Diego Comic Con International, um, and that's. Always a blast for me. And if any of you, the listeners, are are going, uh, first off, follow me on Twitter. I'll be making all kinds of uh, snarky comments. Uh, yes, uh, you will. Um, but also, um, we can meet up uh, Thursday if you're at San Diego Comic Con. Come to um, the Tipsy Crow. That's uh, up up in the gas lamp a little ways um, at 8 p.m. Uh, and I'll probably be up on the. It's a it's a tri level place. Uh, we'll probably be up on the third floor. That's where we were last last that's year. level. There's a basement. Oh, that's right. So yeah, okay, we'll be yeah, up on yeah. the second floor. You're okay. right. Um, and uh, so it'll be since Tyler's not going to be there this year. It'll be it's a co meetup between us and Ryan uh, from the Criterion Cast. So if you're a Battleship Pretension fan, if you're a Criterion Cast fan, meet up. We'll drink some uh, uh, from their wide selection of beers and talk about movies and make snarky comments. Yeah, that will be the common denominator, as I as it always is with Comic Con. What beer? <laughs> yeah, uh, also, real quick, um, before we get to the episode, cause I'm very excited about the episode. We have a guest. Um, uh, also, if you have any relationship or sex advice questions for Pilar Alessandra and our <laughs> belabored, belaboredly named segment Pilar Talk, uh, please email them to David at BattleshipPretension dot com. <laughs> Uh, well, the guest found it funny. That's or good. maybe he found your uh, <laughs> my your exhaust. I objection. like all of it. Okay. <laughs> so, cats out of the bag. We have a guest. It's a very exciting guest. He came in all the way from New York just to do this. Uh, his name is Mike Kaplan. True. There's no audience here to clap or whatnot, but uh, <laughs> clap in your homes. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Please, please. Thank you. We have to. Get, we have to get on. Please, not so much. Now, Mike, you are a stand-up comedian. That is true correct. That is true. True. Um, I have seen you on Craig Ferguson. True. I have heard you on WTF with Mark Maron. Uh, that could also be true. And your name is spelled with a Q. Uh, that's also true, as far as, you know, as much as anything means anything. Right. It's like, it's like a stage name, is that right? It, I mean, I, I, it is, yeah, it is not the name that I was given, uh, except to, by myself as a teenager, not specifically to do comedy, but just to be a weirdo, and then it sort of works out to, you know, be a professional weirdo. It's my name in the union, it's my name mm. on Google to easily find me, uh, as long as you know how to say it and spell it. So I understand if you are sad about it i understand i apologize Do people give you grief about if it? you enjoy it then you're welcome yeah there's i mean there's i'd say 
I think there's more people, more people who don't care than anything. Like more right. people are like, mm, do whatever you want, you know. <laughs> and then then there's like maybe an equal number. I think then there's the second number of people like are positive about it. Like, hey, cool, yeah, oh, you know, yeah, nice, well, you know. With so they don't make those sounds all the time, but <laughs> but sometimes they like, yeah, hey, you know. And then there's then there's definitely some people, you know, on the internet or or in real life, they're like, yeah, really, uh, okay, yes. It is a shame that you've not seen David in our course for the last several days because I've made as a little joke just for me I guess I've gone out of my way to misspell your name like terribly in different ways all the time yes oh sure yeah, I've gone my way to not recognize what you were doing <laughs> oh boy it's so much fun that sounds like fun yeah I've gotten some weird ones like sometimes if it's written like you know the, the Q could look like an A so I'll get M-I-A or hmm. M-Q-K people will know there's a Q but they won't know that it's not that's not a word uh-huh. and, <laughs> don't be so stupid and spell my name weird dumb weird you know like weird for weird even <laughs> But your name is Mike Kaplan. Uh, yeah, my, my parents la- named me Michael. Michael. That's, uh, now, I had a teacher at Columbia, my, my film school. Also true. teacher. Yeah. Uh, named Michael Kaplan. Really? That's not me. That's right. I was going to ask. Is, uh, yeah. Is you were, I was not your teacher. False. <laughs> okay. uh, but there, there's actually, I've seen, uh, there's a Michael Kaplan in the movie business that I know about who is a, a costume designer. I don't know if that's your teacher. But he is Michael. I saw Michael B. Kaplan. He did design the costumes for Clue. Was the first place I saw him. Then for for Fight Club, and then for Star Trek, I saw Michael Kaplan. And I'm like, it would be weird if there's a costume designer named Michael Kaplan and a different one named Michael B. Kaplan. My guess is the original Michael Kaplan must have died. Right, and now this guy, Michael B. Kaplan, is claimed like in the one, you know, with Jet Li, <laughs> where he's like, so now there's more Michael Kaplan power to be split equally between the costume designer and myself and the wildlife photographer who has MikeKaplan.com spelled regular. Right. Uh, so all of us, I hope to outlive them all. So eventually I get more juice. Um, Mike well, teacher, where, does, where does the Highlander uh, mythology come oh, into this? Do you have to cut each other's heads off or what's the deal? I think, I mean, if Jet Li just made it much simpler, you just have to kill. Oh, okay. The person, right. and they don't have you don't have to eat them or anything. Okay, you know, enough. I don't know if was that part of the Highlander. I, that's how it is in like some ancient, you know, indigenous okay. cultures where they were like, oh, you vanquish your enemy, then you eat them, and you have your power. You when know? to go? Yeah, uh, like yeah, and ravenous. Now, my my uh, teacher Michael Kaplan, he had produced some independent films, and it was he was actually a, a great teacher. And I actually made a oh, that might be me then. I made a short film um, that Tyler was in back in film school, and. One of the plot points was someone stole someone else's mail, and there was a manila envelope that turned out to have an issue of Hustler in it. And I wrote my teacher's name on the envelope, Michael Kaplan. I don't remember him, that at all. To make him laugh. Yeah, uh, and you call yourself a movie snarky guy. <laughs> I don't know I remember if that's the good ones. I don't remember the ones that I was in. You were barely in that one. Yeah, oh, you don't, mostly our friend Tony. You don't listen to your own podcast. You don't watch your own movies. <laughs> I watch the ones that, I, that uh, I've made. <laughs> um, now, uh, Mike, I want to I want to address this because it was really interesting. I might have the title wrong, but if I'm not mistaken, you were voted the best comedian to ever come out of New York ever. Uh, that title is slightly off. Okay, uh, I was but not totally off. Uh, no, it's. I mean, I know I know what you're talking about. Okay, I'm not like that. Doesn't. That doesn't compute, <laughs> period. Like, okay. I don't know where you made that up or read it, but uh, I was in, 
they have got various competitions, you know. And I was in a competition that was called New York's Funniest Stand-Up. It oh, was okay. part of the New York Comedy Competition, or part of the New York Comedy Festival that, like, a lot of big people are in. But, like, you know, people in New York, like, who live there, like, say, Louis C.K. or, like, Chris Rock lives, he lives in New Jersey, so he can't, he's out. Okay. Uh, but, you know, like, Dave Attell or Colin Quinn, those are... You're those funnier are, than all those guys. The, uh, according to, they weren't in the con, they, they lost, they, you know, dropped the ball on that one, I guess. They lost <laughs> their opportunity. They, they, they probably didn't it. advance. Like, they... <laughs> They were in the yeah. first round and then just didn't make it. Yeah, you never know. I mean, it's all it's very arbitrary and object and uh, subjective, I guess. Who who gets you know ha- who can judge comedy? So why not? You know, I'm the I'm the winner. Absolutely, New York's funniest stand up. And the year before, I think I was Boston's best. So oh, and that one's alliterative. Uh, oh yeah. <sighs> so that makes it. So you're making the rounds. Uh, yeah, I've I've been in two cities. I mean, I go to different cities as well, but you're uh, here in North Hollywood, California. Yeah, I'm not right the now. best in North Hollywood. I mean, I think. Are you guys comedians? No, no. I'm the best comedian in this room. <laughs> that would be true, unless there's no, network. Comedian. Unless there's anyone hiding in this room, <laughs> that'd be great if at the end of the show somebody jumped out, be like, "You're wrong." <laughs> My wife is in the other room, and she's pretty funny. Okay, yeah. Well, I'm glad she's over there. <laughs> All right. So you're 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 from New York originally. I'm from New Jersey. New Jersey. That's where I came out of uh, a stomach, uh-huh. and uh, then C-section. Yep, yep. And uh, so, not technically Jewish. I think actually, if it's the Jewish vagina that makes you Jewish, <laughs> passing through that portal, you uh, can also kill Macbeth. Oh, good. Right? Is that allowed? That's what? a thing, right? I have never heard about that. Oh yeah, because like uh, Macduff. I'm sorry, everybody. I no, thought I was making is, no. It's okay. Yeah. This is from a movie, right? From William Shakespeare, the great film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, filmer. Yeah, Macduff. Uh, I believe it, like the the witches said that like no man of woman born could kill Macbeth. Ah, and so Macbeth is like, all right, no one can kill me. Nope. And the and I the or a bird. Yeah. The technicality is that Macduff wasn't technically woman born because it was cesarean, and so that's why he uh, when he announces that it's like, oh shit, here it comes. Huh. And then also the uh, you know there's a pre- the man a man who got pregnant and gave birth in this country so mm-hmm. that guy could do it too. Yeah, I think. The oh, the, the baby, the baby of that guy, the baby okay, yeah, yeah. born of the man, um, yeah. not of woman born. The um, now obviously Macbeth is already dead, but I think the modern equivalent is because you were cesarean born, you were allowed to say Macbeth in a theater. Apparently, yeah, you I can do it all I want. I don't have to turn care. around <laughs> and spit and turn and. No, what do I care if a theater burns down or whatever happens? <laughs> curse! If I could curse a theater by saying a word, I would love to have magic powers. <laughs> I remember I was I was we did high we did uh, high school theater and we were we were doing we were rehearsing for the Missouri All State Show and I remember one time I said Macbeth and then uh, one of the crew people like punched me and I was like what they're like you can't say that I'm like oh theater people you I were hate misremembering you so that story by the way. Who, who, who? They hit me. No, it was they hit Matt. Anyway, this goes. But then wow. I think I might have said it. You don't even pay attention to who gets hit. <laughs> you're making your own story life. about yourself. You're making it. You're the one who got hit. Well, maybe I, you our know what? friend, our friend Matt. I'm very sympathetic. The, the sound guy people. was putting on his mic. Matt said Macbeth, and the sound guy smacked Matt on the back of the head. <laughs> See, I must be misremembering this completely because I thought it was. Uh, oh well, I won't say any names, but <laughs> yeah. I thought it was uh, the that woman. Who's the the girl who uh, was like in charge of everything? And I thought she hit me. I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe it was a separate occasion. Maybe, Maybe there's a lot of hitting yeah. going Maybe on. Maybe you guys need to stop talking about Macbeth <laughs> when we're doing William Inge's bus stop. Fair enough. <laughs> There's no reason to talk about 
about Shakespeare. Mike, at all. I'm sorry, we've completely excluded you from this conversation. It's okay. I was I was in internally in my own place where I was. I felt uh, I feel I have to reveal uh, that I, I realized a joke that I just made was just a variation of a joke that uh, Louis C.K. has Uh-oh. made in the past Uh-oh. of uh, having the power. Like somebody, he said that a plane was going to crash. He was like, "Yeah, I hope your plane crashes or doesn't." And then the person that he's talking to is like, "Don't say that," you know. And uh, mm-hmm. and he's like, "I wish you know if that would be amazing if I could." If I could crash your plane, if I could do that, like that would be totally worth it. Um, so apologies to everyone uh, who may have thought that may have been like, hey, and right. if there's anybody who is listening doing that, uh, you win the the surprise, uh, you know, riddle. Yeah. You win the gotcha award. Now yeah. you, I, by the Highlander rules, you are now New York's funniest stand-up. Oh, yeah. You, whoever, whoever it is, first person to write in. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're from uh, New Jersey. Um, how did you get into? Were you a, a comedy fan growing up as a kid? Not really. I mean, like I heart, I knew that there were some comedians. Like I knew Paul Reiser and Seinfeld. You know, the ones who had like TV shows. Right. And you'd see them, like Norm Macdonald. Like you'd look at you know at Comedy Central would maybe I I didn't really watch it that much, but I'd be like oh I've seen that guy in another thing, and now he's just talking to people. Uh, but I didn't like I wasn't a, a nut about it. Uh, like some people are, and I wish I was, like, because I love, I love it now. But I got into it through music because I want. I my parents were music teachers. I wanted to be a musician, a singer. I taught myself guitar in high school, and I wrote songs. And some of them were funny, so I played them at a comedy club, in, among many other places. And then eventually, just sort of be like, hey, I don't want to carry this guitar anymore. <laughs> I will. Uh, I will be a comedian. And so I organically shifted, and that is how. That's I, awesome. And I was I was at school in Boston. That's where I lived for. The chunk of time, many years between New what's, Jersey what's and New York. I went to Brandeis for my undergraduate, and then Boston University. So, and that's what's interesting to me is uh, the that they're both full of Jews. No, well, okay. I wasn't going to go that. that, that <laughs> understood. Route with it. understood. Yes, I was getting there. Yeah. But uh, what I was going to say first is the uh, because there, as far as stage presence, I feel like you coming from uh, music uh, in some capacity. I feel like. As a comedian, you would need a, a fair amount of like confidence on stage, uh, and I feel like coming from a, a place of music and like knowing, well, I can play the guitar. I've written, I know my lyrics, and that sort of thing. I feel like that would engender a confidence that would suit one very well in comedy. Is that true, or is that just completely? No, off I think the top that my head? I think that it is off the top of your head, okay. and you were way out on a limb. Okay. But that limb <laughs> reached another tree. Like, it's, right. like, it's right there. It's not falling. You're totally where you want to be. Uh, if that's, <laughs> so if that's where the metaphor some works, sort of Siamese twin trees. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> these these trees. Um, yeah, can't. I I lost it, but. Uh, yeah, I actually did. I mean, I think that, you know, you need obviously the confidence to get on stage from somewhere, mm-hmm. whether it's from, you know, your life. If you're, an, you know, sort of one of those, uh, hey, yeah, my friends always told me I'm going to comment. I'm going to make everybody laugh. Like, I don't know if that's a guy <laughs> that, you, that you know. But uh, or if it's, you know, you're like people that care about it so much that don't have confidence and like, but they eventually get it, work their mm-hmm. way up by doing it. But I definitely did. I was like, yeah, I, I do things. And I think it was certainly, it was sort of unwarranted to, to transfer that confidence <laughs> to comedy once I started, because like, you know, even in the face of like, you know, you have to have this delusional self-confidence initially and also sort of a self-awareness ultimately to be like, oh, that didn't work. I guess I tried everything. That didn't work. Tried everything. That didn't work. And hey, that one worked. Okay, do that forever, you know? And... <laughs> 
That's the way you get a joke. And then you keep keep repeating that. You're like, one out of ten. All right. One out of ten tomorrow. And then I have two the next night. So how, and how long ago, how long have you been doing, how long ago did you put down the guitar? Uh, 2002 is when I count the beginning of my comedy uh, career proper. Do you still play the guitar? I do. do I, I play, I play for fun. I write songs. And I do have a, a friend that I write some comedy songs with, like as a totally, you know, a separate act from my stand-up. Okay. So you have, we should mention now, you have a CD out. It's I called, do. It's called Vegan Mind Meld. Truth. Which I like. Um, Thank you. Uh, and there's no no music on that. There is not any that, music. I mean, there is the melodic sound of my voice, which you're sure. hearing now. <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> uh, so, I, and I take it you are vegan? I am a vegan. How long? Uh, also, since around 2002. It was about the same time that I became a comedian. I was vegetarian for like five years before So, yeah, that. I think you've hit the secret. All the listeners out there, if you want to be funny... Yeah, how Stop do you, how do, you do what you do? Yeah, just treat animals nice <laughs> with your consequences. I am a um, I'm a failed vegan myself. About two and a half years in high school, I tried. I was not very good at it. Also, I, uh, Missouri is maybe a more difficult place to be vegan. I think in LA you have a better shot at it. You know, yeah. uh, give it give it a go. And also, I don't think people have to make it like an all or nothing thing. Like for because some people that's the daunting thing. They're like, I could never give up cheese. You know, uh-huh. entirely. Well, then don't. If that's you're like, oh, I, I'm no, I'm just gonna go around murdering seven buffalo a week because I can't <laughs> give up cheese. Like, hey, maybe you could, you know, not eat all those, but you could be like, hey, kill one buffalo a week and uh-huh. have cheese twice a week instead of you know seven buffaloes topped with cheese nine times a week. You know, which is sixty three buffaloes if you're counting. That's <laughs> if you had seven each time. Of nine times. So you're promoting uh, moderation in... Yeah, I mean, if if it's a choice between not doing anything and doing, you know, eating meat less or eating, you right. know, even just getting, you know, getting your meat from a, a more friendly source, if there, you know, if there's local farms around that you can do research and do and find, like, that's why, like, I would do that, but I'm too lazy to do that, so I'm just like, I'm not eating the meat at all, you know, like, I would totally, like, if I were, you know, in a hunting, like, you know, hundreds of years ago, I don't think I would be a vegan because I don't think the food system was as bastardized, you know, with like factory farms and as much harmful, unnecessary treatment. Yeah. So that's all. And a hundred years ago, they hadn't invented Satan yet, right? Uh, it's a great question. Great question. <laughs> I mean, yeah. My uh, my girlfriend is vegetarian, but she often tries to eat vegan when she can. Yeah. And so I've been. I eat at a lot of vegan restaurants, and Satan, when done right, with it can the right be delicious. Sauces, it is delicious. Yeah. Yeah. So you I got nothing. I'm sorry, Tyler. It's delicious. Come on, it's, I'm sorry. admit it. Admit it. We got we got three three out of four. I uh, yeah. delicious. Listeners already know this, but uh, listeners already know this. But I'm a vegan now. Oh yeah, I, I, I switched over. I made an announcement that listeners know about a couple days ago, and uh, I know that I was the, I was the pickiest eater you've ever met. But I decided I'm going to give uh, tofu a try. Oddly enough, I love it. Do you know? I actually. I mean, I'm a big fan of vegetables. That's that's my main thing. Is like, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of vegetables that taste good, and fruits. Fruits are great. You know, that's sort of the that's sort of the staple. I think of the vegetable. People are always like, yeah, gross soy, and yeah, it is. It's a weird thing for sure. <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have to go for it. I mean, you like nuts. You know, peanuts, nuts like and raisins. Peanuts. Yeah, peanuts. That's a protein. Oh, all right. Yeah. The end. Here's the thing, though. I yeah. also like filet mignon. Shh. I've been just <laughs> peanuts, peanuts. I like the idea of going to like Ruth's Chris and be like, "Could I get a big plate of peanuts, please?" <laughs> I have an elephant here. <laughs> you have an elephant ear? No, I said here. Neither is true. Um, okay, so uh, 
uh, I guess I'm interested because okay, uh, Tyler and I are both big comedy fans, and we live here in Los Angeles, so comedians that come from the Los Angeles scene, we have seen a lot of them, and then they like a, say a Matt Bronger who we had seen a lot as a comic, and then. He got on Mad TV, and people know who Matt Brunger is. But when someone is an East Coast comic, I often don't really know who they are until something like Craig Ferguson or something happens. So how, I guess, fill me in on the backstory. How, how did you come to... In like uh, 10 words or less, okay? <laughs> sure, uh, yeah. <laughs> I started comedy, then things went well. Uh, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a, it was all, it's always a gradual thing. Like, I started in Boston. I was there doing comedy for about six years before I moved to New York about three years ago. And... In Boston, like Boston was a super place to just, you know, develop sort of, you know, under everybody's radar. Like, you know, if you're starting in New York or L.A., like, you know, you have a lot of great shows around you to watch. You have a lot of, you know, it's a great opportunity, but it's also like there's so many comedians there and it's, you know, there's no real like one big whole community like Boston and like a lot of cities like Boston size have like really nice, encouraging, supportive, like smaller sets of comedians. Like there's like their own like, you know, headliners and working professionals and veteran acts who have been there for 20 years and like who you can watch and learn from and who like you know uh, will help you out and you know if you talk you know buy him a beer and you yeah. chat with them and do you know Steve Sweeney uh, yeah I've worked with him a few times for certain um, there's Kenny yeah. Rogerson Kenny Rogerson absolutely yeah there there you know there's all these just DJ Hazard another uh, guy he was one of the first Boston comics that I ever saw made me he, he was he made me cry he was he's so hilarious like everybody, there's so many you know from the early days of Boston, like, you know, mm-hmm. like Stephen Wright and Paula Poundstone mm-hmm. and Lenny Clark and then, you know, like David Cross and various other, like, you know, people like Mark Marin were there and, uh, and, uh, like Dana Gould, I think at a point and Bobcat Goldthwait, Janine mm-hmm. Garofalo, like, you know, so there's like a rich history of Boston comedy. And so there's these, a, you know, a number of clubs always, like sometimes they open and close like other ones, but like, there's always like three to five, you know, sort of full-ish time comedy clubs there. And then... A number of other, uh, like, you know, like bars and rooms and, you know, like alternative venues and, you know, like you could go out near Boston. There's like, you know, others like you could drive an hour to Rhode Island or out to the suburbs of Western Massachusetts or up to New Hampshire or Vermont or Maine or Mm -hmm. Connecticut or down to New York. You know, nothing is that far. So there's like all these other there's so much uh, place that you can, you know, just be horrible and nobody knows who you are and you eventually, you know, hone your craft, get better and uh Eventually, like when, you know, a few years in, I was like running an open mic on Mondays and then like go to other, you know, sort of showcases during the week and then was doing like road work in in New England on the weekends. And then eventually I got like, you know, I started working at colleges and uh, that like enabled me to, you know, not do a day job anymore because I could just travel sort of, you know, the the region or the country working at colleges. And then I think the, the next like sort of major thing, the first major, you know, blip on the industry radar was I got on to... Comedy Central's Live at Gotham, uh. and that was in, I think, 2008. Uh, so, you know, like, about almost six years in, uh, which was, you know, a fine... Like, a, you know, you always want it as soon as possible, but mm-hmm. uh, it was nice that it, it was... I think I was ready for it at that point, and then sort of after that, things just sort of, you know, would start stacking up little by little. Like, I went to the, you know, the Montreal Just for Laughs Festival, and uh, then, you know, got, I think, found, you know, the next year had my half hour on Comedy Central and then uh, The Tonight Show with Conan and then Ferguson and Last Comic Stand. I think Ferguson was after Last Comic Standing. So, like, all those things sort of, you know, it was like, I don't know, what some sort of math term for, uh, right. uh, like, increasingly, you know, frequent, 
you know exponentially it sounds like yeah i guess i guess so but i don't know if it's going to continue like that forever because mm-hmm. there's not as many things mm-hmm. that to do uh but but i'm happy with it so i'm fortunate that i got to do all the things that i've done and uh I hope I'm doing Conan again this week, or awesome. Conan, Conan, the self-named Conan for the first time, hmm. but a show that Conan hosts for the second time. Hmm. Uh, you talk about mathematical stuff there, and there is a, a certain like uh, brainy bent to, I think, a lot of your comedy. Like, there's you, you have the joke about uh, you don't you don't want to go out with a girl who doesn't know the difference between a set and a subset. I do have that joke, which uh, true. I really like that joke a lot. I appreciate uh, I it. I won't burn it for anyone if they. I guess it's been whatever. Mm, no, there's more to it. There's more yeah, to it. Yeah. Watch it on Ferguson, everybody. Yeah. Um, so, I, um, are are you a, uh, a a geeky sort, a nerdy sort? I mean, you're looking at me. I, <laughs> I before you got here, I was having a long comic book conversation with, uh-huh. with a guy who doesn't even read comic books. So <laughs> that would be Tyler. That's me, uh, yeah. It is. Um, yeah. I mean. I I like what I like, and certainly you know if you want to label things, those are yeah, I have you know sort of dorky. I prefer I prefer dorky. Uh, right. I think I, I just thought about this. I, I might want to name my next CD "Small Dork and Handsome." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, that's like the that. first first test run of that. Uh, but yeah, I mean I, I read I read comics. I like you know sci-fi. I like I like all kinds of movies. Well, like will, I, yeah, yeah, this will cool. transition transition us into movies. What are some of your favorite movies? Uh, I always say, you know, the first one that I think of, because there's so many movies, hard to mm-hmm. pick one, but like The Princess Bride was sort of like my mm-hmm. first favorite movie, uh-huh. and it's still, you know, it holds up. It's really yeah. smart and funny and uh, like a lot of fun and great to watch. And, it, you know, it's sort of like genre list. You know, I mean, it's fantasy, but also, you know, sort of romance, sort of, com- you know, it's comedy, it's action, it's, you know, adventure, it's it's a lot of, it's it has everything. It's something for everybody. Yeah. The Princess Bride. Yeah. I like... What uh, does Peter Falk say? It's got fencing, fighting, yeah. torture. Yeah. I can't... Show. Kissing, you know. Yeah. Gross! Uh, <laughs> that's my Fred Savage impression. Gross! Pretty good, I think. Pretty good. That's that's him. I, I had lunch with him the other day. That was him then. Gross! I don't like vegan food. Gross! I did not have lunch with Fred Savage. Uh, and if you're listening, I that's a lie. I, <laughs> if you're listening, yeah. Fred. Fred. Fred Savage, if you're listening, call in at 555 <laughs> I gotta change that number. <laughs> <laughs> I think first off, because the phone company is like, you, you know, there's like, there's like yeah. twenty more numbers there, <laughs> and we've moved out of the fa 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 area code. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're in ha 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 now. So at ha 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 ha. So oh, I also one of my other favorites. I like your uh, your your wet hot American summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, of the the action elk, I'm a big, big diehard fan, and the uh, the Matrix. Uh, and then, like, I, th- I think there's different levels in, in which I enjoy things. Like, I wouldn't say they're my favorites, but I, I super, like, I love a lot, like, your, your Con Airs, your, your Face Offs, like, a lot of Nicolas Cage action. You ever see the movie Next? No. With Nicolas oh, Cage? Oh, no, that's uh, with Julianne Moore. Is she in that? I don't know. It's Jessica Biel. Jessica Biel. I don't think wow, Julianne Moore is in that's an interesting mix-up. Same <laughs> syllabic structure. And a, and a J sound. Three syllable J name for a first name, and then a one syllable last name. So you totally nailed it. Uh, but it's a, he plays, Nicholas Cage plays a Vegas magician, or like psychic, a Vegas sort of like mm-hmm. mentalist, who he is able to do that job because he has the power to see two minutes into the future. He can see everything that's going to happen in the next two minutes, like to him and sort of like around, and then he can use that 
to change what he does. He's like, oh, if I do this, then this happens. So I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do this. Like people are after him at one point, and so he is using the power to like, you know, he's like, oh, I like. There's ten tons of people after him through this casino, say at the beginning of the movie, and he just like steps to the side. Everybody runs by. He steps. Yeah, now over here. Now over here. Now over here. It's like it's a really it's a really well executed uh, demonstration of this like weird power. I find myself wondering if perhaps two minutes is too like too much because like two (laughs) minutes that gives you a lot of time like in a fight or a chase like oh yeah did you ever see uh, galaxy quest i did one of my favorite okay can i interject according to imdb both julianne moore and jessica biel are in next oh wow hey sorry i said you were wrong did i say that (laughs) i did say jessica biel was in it so i'm right too directed by lee tamahori oh yeah did die another day i think and the edge the edge the edge with anthony hopkins yeah from a script written by David, by David Mamet. Yeah. Hey, I know stuff. Yeah, this is very exciting. <laughs> I'm a big Mamet fan. I like uh, I like the stuff. I don't, I'm not not a fan of him as a person. I don't think. Yeah. His but politics. I'm a big fan of the stuff that he's written. Yeah. Yeah. He, like I, I'm skewing slightly more conservative these days than I used to. I read his the way he expresses his political opinions, and even I'm just like. Come on, man! Like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are, What are you conservative about? Can I ask? Uh, you know what? Here's the like. Do you guys not talk about this stuff? Do not, we? not really. Uh, we don't. I don't think we actively avoid it. Yeah, it's more that I have become not. I was going to say vaguely fascinated, very fascinated by like Milton Friedman. So like, I guess like con, like economic conservatism ideology, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure how much I agree with it, how much I think it will work. Mm-hmm. Um. But I, be, I am well, nothing really will work. Yeah, but yes, yeah, it's, it's, it yeah. might be that it's like, well, and it and it it usually results in a f- general frustration with the Republican Party because oh, yeah. at this point, I I am of the opinion that from an economic standpoint, you got your conservatives and then you got your Republicans. I don't think you actually have both, with a couple of notable exceptions, and of course those notable exceptions will never be elected any major yeah. uh, office. If, Real brief, I think, like, I'm a big fan of, uh, like, I like the idea of libertarianism in an ideal world, mm-hmm. but I think we need communism first. Like, communism, level it all out, okay. and then libertarianism. Go for it. You know, I mean, I do like, I'm, a, I'm more of a, you know, super liberal type, and I think in, a, in an ideal world, if, if there was a utopia possible where communism worked, where, like, everybody works, and then everybody has enough. Everybody does, mm-hmm. you know, everybody, it's fair, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the, the, I think the two, not but to... But how do you know who's winning? I guess uh, is the thing. Charlie Sheen. Yeah, hey. The person who <laughs> is in charge. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, uh, yeah, I do feel like they are two very different, like opposite sides. And both of them, they work really well provided nobody gets greedy, which incidentally everyone will all the time. It's like almost one of the guaranteed things of humanity is that someone's going to get greedy at some point. I think that... Uh, that's not. I mean, I think that, that for might be most a little cynical on my part. I'm sorry. I, I, oh no, it's it is cynical, but I think it's also not necessarily correct when you look at the scope of all human history. Like I think you know the past ten thousand years, yes, like uh, since agriculture started, uh, basically, Ugh. and before that. Uh, and not to saying that everything was perfect before then, but like population growth was you know mm. minimal, like if if existent at all, like you know there would be ebbs and flows, like like for hundreds of thousands of years humans existed without needing you know they would be like yeah hey, let's just take what we need from the tree and eat it you know it'll grow we don't have to plant anything we don't have to store up things we don't need money we don't you know they didn't they didn't have things for a long time and so obviously there's advances that have come with time. But uh, so but, what it yeah. sounds like you're saying is we need, we need another great war 
to just really level off the population. <laughs> Probably. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Back to movies. That's, that's, yeah. what, I, that's what I take. Oh, and that. this is the pitch that I'm working on. This is, uh, <laughs> what do you guys think? It is a little the standish. Uh, yeah. As a fan of Die Hard and a person who doesn't live in Los Angeles, have you seen, gone to see Nakatomi Plaza? I didn't know that it was a real thing. Yeah, it's on, uh, Avenue of the Stars in Century City. It's uh, technically a part of the Fox lot. It's called the Fox Plaza. Wow. And Has anybody uh, ever tried to rob it for real like that? I don't know. Um, I, I, they probably don't have an actual huge vault in there somewhere. <laughs> That's That would be the ultimate double trick, you know? <laughs> it's like, okay, how do we protect this real-life vault? Write a movie where they say there's a vault. <laughs> no one will ever believe there's a vault there. Um, but I work near it. I see it every literally every day I see that building and it, I've worked there long enough that I kind of forget for long periods of time that it's not going to tell me and I'm also a huge Die Hard fan it's the movie I've seen more times than any other movie in the world um, and so I'll go months without thinking about it and then I'll look at it catch it in a certain light and be like oh that's Nakatomi and it's awesome all over again Die Hard Dart's great for a lot of reasons I mean like number one it was like you know sort of like the, the first like modern awesome action movie like I don't know there was everything before that was lousy. That's uh, that's why I've only seen Die Hard, and <laughs> but I mean it's like you know it was sort of like the standard that that's got set after that. Like they're like, ah, oh, what's this movie? That's Die Hard on a boat. That's uh-huh. Die Hard on a train. That's Die Hard here. That's Die Hard there. You know, uh, and then like they they all the movies are good. Like you know, like I loved Die, like Live Free and Die Hard. Like yeah. they did not ruin it at all. Like they did exactly what they could and had to do to keep being relevant and you know self-aware and silly you know like uh-huh. with the, they weren't you know it was certainly way sillier than most of the other ones uh yeah. but like it was just really enjoyable i think what i like about the first one and yeah I th- plot wise it got copied a lot with under siege and speed uh, or all die hard on or whatever yeah um those are good examples though like both of those are pretty speed solid. is speed is yeah. another one of my favorite action speed movies cool. for sure like and i have a new i have a new one i'm working on like in the same spirit of this is a uh, uh speed or like you know crank like which i also yeah. enjoy crank i like jason statham as a as an action yeah, star i like the transporters mm-hmm. uh like they're just, they're super fun so i have a new one i have a new movie that i'm working on called wet which <laughs> is like a guy who can't dry he, if he gets dry then he explodes so he has to <laughs> try to maintain like quick throw a bucket of water on me you know like pee on me like whatever he has to do to I love he's it. like i gotta get to seattle you know whatever uh, <laughs> but what i what i think is still a sort of uh, close to being singular about die hard is uh especially at the end of the 80s after all the you know your commando and your rambo and all these like uh practically invincible superheroes like john mcclane gets fucked up oh yeah in that his, movie. He's, his feet bleed a lot yeah he's like even before he steps on the glass, that's the thing. Yeah. It's got very sensitive. <laughs> he's <to> a hemophiliac. <laughs> he should not. He, that's why he's so heroic. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, he's he's very fallible, and I I think that's what that's what makes it so relatable. I really lo- I lo- love the uh, you know the the elevator opening with the uh, the ho ho ho. Mm-hmm. I think there's a there's a Punisher comic book where it's also like Christmas time and it's a very diehard plot mm-hmm. and and that he does like the same it's I have them conflated in my head but uh I like it that was also, a yeah. that's weird because I was I don't know much about comic books but there was a certain time this would have been maybe like mid 90s you're talking about could could be could be uh yeah I it was been super later, into yeah, yeah. Punisher and I think it was a it was a Christmas themed one off yeah exactly that, that had is... like two stories in it and one of them was a bunch of like yeah, it was like it was like Die Hard yeah. with the Punisher. Yeah, which was pretty great. I'm excited that we're talking about uh, John McTiernan here because uh, yesterday, who's that? 
Uh, the director, director of, of Die Hard. I'm sorry. Die Hard. Now we're talking about um, him. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. And he directed Predator. I'm like, it's McLean. And <laughs> <laughs> Man, you don't know your movies at all. Uh, it's Frank Castle. <laughs> That's who we're talking about. Frank McCastle. <laughs> White McCastle. <laughs> but, uh, White Frank Castle. So I was, a Keep couple, going. <laughs> I, can, I can hold off. I got nothing. Guess. I got nothing. Um, but a couple days ago, I uh, rewatched Predator. I've seen it probably dozens of times. I haven't seen Predator. Predator. Should I see Predator? You've never it's, seen it's Predator. Awesome. I, I wasn't allowed to see a lot of like okay. violent stuff when I was much younger. I wasn't allowed to see the original Batman when it came out. Hmm. Dark Knight, Neither also one I. of my favorites. How old are like, you? Uh, I'm 32. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I look I look way better. I look I look way better than you, uh, is what I was not saying at all. Uh, how old are you? I'm 28, so okay, it probably yeah. makes more sense that I wasn't allowed to see Batman when yeah, it I was, came out. Yeah, uh, I was 11 when it came out, I think. Maybe 10. I was 10 when it came out. Okay. I, was, I remember that summer because everybody was wearing those shirts and they were loving it. And I was like, it was PG-13. And my mom was like, you're not 13. Yeah. Like, I was allowed to see movies like, that were R for sex, you know? But I was not allowed to see movies that were R or PG-13 for violence. Do you know, that honestly makes more sense to me, which is kind of the opposite of what my parents were. The sex, sex was the big taboo. But I think if I were... Yeah, in charge of what oh, kids were allowed to oh, see. Oh yeah, violence is. I mean, violence is worse than sex. Yeah, as a thing. I think my my parents actually were kind of okay with both. It was like it was like, all right, let's watch Die Hard too. Hey, look, that guy got sucked in a propeller. Hey, let's throw in fish called Wanda. After that, <laughs> I mean, uh, don't tell your mom that I let you saw that. That's that's kind of the general uh, attitude. Yeah, but Understood. yeah, I think that's kind of a that's a, probably a, a good a good approach, you know, because I. I don't I don't have kids or anything, but when I see Maybe. like yeah <laughs> yeah that I Watch know out. of I hope um, if you're listening, kid, <laughs> fa 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 ha ha ha. When I go to see something like Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight a few years ago, like, and I think this is PG thirteen. There's probably going to like parents allow ten and eleven year olds to go to see this. Like, this is some violent shit. It is dark. Like, yeah, it was. At, at night, if you see it at night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like, not only, yeah, a guy gets a pencil shoved through his eye, and just because you don't actually see it doesn't mean you don't understand what's happening. Sometimes that's worse. Yeah. Um, oh, I want to talk about Harry Potter, but none of the f- people have seen it. There's a death in the final Harry Potter, which everyone here has seen. I won't spoil. Mm-hmm. That mostly, Spoiler, there's a death. <laughs> they don't all dead. be friends. It mostly <laughs> takes place... Out of sight, on the other side of a wall, and you're just—it's pretty rough. Hearing sort of what's happening through the wall. Oh yeah, and that is—it was very violent to me because my mind was going all kinds of all kinds of places. Um, and, sound design, sound design, yeah. very important part of film. But uh, not only is it—I think the thing—the problem with the NPAA is so much—it's so much about their literalism. You know, it can't have oh, this yeah. and this and this. But there's the thing in the dark, to stick with the Dark Knight, when he's captured the guy who uh, dressed up as Batman and he's, like, yeah. got him tied up and is, like, essentially torturing, interrogating him and broadcasting it to TV. Like, there's nothing, there's no, like, blood in that scene. There's no, like, specific thing that you can point to. But it's one of the most disturbing scenes, if not the most disturbing scene in the movie to me. Yeah. And this is actually where I get even more cynical. Like... Because I'm of the... All right. And I don't know... This might sound almost a little conspiracy-ish, and I usually try to avoid sounding like that, but, like... Yeah, well, Dark Knight was a superhero movie that stood to make a lot of money from for Warner Brothers. I don't think there's, like, a bribe or anything, but I have to assume there's a fair amount of pressure when it's a huge studio movie like mm-hmm. that. And it's like, well, what are we going to do? 
rate the Dark Knight rate, uh, R? I don't think so. We're the, I, clearly, I mean, they, clearly we're working, they, working on it. There's no blood. There's they used no the rules. The yeah, they, yeah. Like, yeah. And they could have they could have started it way worse. Like that's, I mean, did you see that movie? Have you guys talked about like this film is not yet rated? Yeah, I haven't seen it. I've seen the, it, yeah. the, It's a documentary about mm-hmm. how like biased and like, you know, batshit, you know, the, that, that, they're, they're basically like, you know, a, a religious propaganda type, you know, like a really conservative political, like, you know, motivated group where, like, you know, like, like things like, you know, any, if there's a kiss between a man and a woman, like, no problem. If there's a kiss between a man and a man, like, up one level of, you know, kids can't see this, you know, same, you know. Or yeah. even like, for, like, like oral sex, if it's like a woman going down on a guy, that's, well, it's probably a rated R but if it's like a guy going down on a woman or of course anything uh, gay then that immediately they're thinking it may not be an automatic NC-17 but now that's definitely on the table yeah it's uh, yeah, it's a shame that you can almost list every movie that has a guy going down on a woman in it because it happens so rarely like you could, yeah. I've got, <laughs> we're, all, we're all going like, history of about, violence is the first one I thought of Oh, there's other ones, I'm sure. There, there, there have to be. I assume so, yes. <laughs> I just saw something. Maybe it was a comic book, though. Mm. Uh. I feel like it wasn't in the notebook, but for some reason, I feel like it should have been. Muppets? No. Uh, no. The comic book you think of is Archie, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the recent Archie? Yeah, Archie and the Punisher. Do you know that was a crossover that they did? Uh, there was an Archie-Punisher crossover. Punish- on the cover, Punisher is the chaperone at the prom. Um, and Who, whom does he kill in the Archie? I, there's no blood, so it's totally fine. Uh, <laughs> here's a quick question about The Dark Knight. My lo- I mean, I loved it. The only thing that I... I feel like is a huge potential plot hole is like at the, I mean, everybody has seen it. I think we, I think we can, we can talk about at the end, yeah. uh, Harvey Dent is dead, uh-huh. but to, and Batman doesn't want to soil his memory by, you know, letting everybody know that he did this horrible thing or whatever, you know, whatever the horrible thing was. Yeah. And so Batman takes credit, takes credit or the blame for it. And is like, I will be, I will be the villain. You know, I am Harvey is the white knight. I am the dark knight, you know, et cetera. Uh-huh. Uh, and that was the whole point of it. But why didn't they just blame it on the Joker? He was another villain who also was messing shit up a lot around then. And if he was like, I didn't do that part, like then they'd be like, he is a lying, crazy person. And then Batman could be like, I am the hero. I stopped the Joker. If you're going to lie to everybody, why not that lie? <laughs> I think it's, beca- I think it's uh, well, of course, thematically, it's very uh, important for that to happen. But also, I think it's the, the idea of, because Batman and Gordon and all that are so into like the rule of law to a to a point, obviously, it's like, well, we're not going to hang this on the Joker first off, because then someone could investigate, and then the Joker himself, who can make a lot of sense when he wants to, uh, they should have killed him. They should have killed him. Maybe they did. Problem yeah, solved yeah, in real life. Oh, mm. that's Took sorry. a turn. <laughs> um, he knew me, Heath Ledger knew too much exactly. about the Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. You guys can both uh, weigh in. This goes to uh, Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. This always bothered me. Of at the end of uh, a different actress plays Rachel Dawes. Did you notice? <laughs> That's definitely true. <laughs> who, who is Rachel Dawes? <laughs> the lady, Katie Holmes versus uh, Maggie, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yeah, I have uh, no memory of that character. <laughs> all right, sorry. What anyway, were you saying? she's really big in the comics. She's really important in the comics. Oh, no question. About Not it. at all. Yeah, oh, I, don't, I don't. Never know heard of her. Um, but. Uh, so, okay. Yeah, all kinds of spoilers. So, Batman says, in regards to Ra's al Ghul uh, dying, he says, I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you. 
and I guess that's the he's same thing. Die, yeah, that's right? that's like, the same that's, thing. No choice is also a choice. Like legally, if someone's about to die and you don't save them. I mean, I don't know what the legal, but I know in some places there's like heaven. Yeah. Well, there's there's that, but also just it it just seems like I don't know, Batman. I feel like you're trying to make a deal with yourself here (laughs) so that you so that this guy's no longer in your hair. I don't know. It always it always. I feel like the the movies as much as I like them and I do like them. uh, I feel like they they're a little they they're a little fast and loose with like Batman's rules. I mean, in it's it's because in the comics, Batman's like no killing rule. Mm -hmm. Like Batman should not have a no killing rule. Like number like the Joker murders people every day. Mm-hmm. Every day that he's out, he mm-hmm. murders people. If like certainly why is he not getting put to death because he's crazy? That's what they're saying. Like that's Right. That's yeah, I guess so. Never mind. That's fine. <laughs> I, yeah, I, you can't you can't you can't execute a crazy person. <laughs> and I get I don't know, it, it all it, but I, I I get what you're saying. It it goes back to something that I always always bother me about Harry Potter, which was, it's like, all right, heroes, you don't use the killing curse. Uh, what if I'm defending myself against a whole bunch of Death Eaters? Now, I'm sorry, it's unforgivable. All right, here's the deal. The Death Eaters are using the killing curse. I'm using Expelliarmus. Statistically, I can only do this so many times before they get me. Like, if they get me once, I'm dead. I can get them over and over again. If they get another wand, there's another possibility for me to be dead. It just seems like such a... I don't know. Well, maybe, that's maybe you like, don't want to sink to their level. That's they the need way to, they of need the to figure hero. Figure out some Bruce yeah. Wayne style workarounds, Ex- right? Like they say, uh, <laughs> like uh, Accio giant house, and then just get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> or, or they could just be like, uh, "I'm not going to kill you, but I will deflect whatever you do to me back at you." You know, if they could have like a rubber glue, right? There you go. And, uh, yeah. yeah. I am rubber, the, I'm rubber. You are glueio. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, is is that is that like some sort of uh, is that a, a flaw with my thinking that it's just like, yeah, you're the hero. I understand you're the hero, but like, I think as you need to realize people... that it's like a fable. Like, there's a morality. Oh yeah, this is not real. <laughs> Did you know? That part of it. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh! I thought this was. I thought These the, kids are so lucky. I thought the Harry. I thought the Harry Potter series was like the Up series, where it just kept uh, checking in with them every couple of years. Oh man, the Up series with the it's, balloon house. No, there's um, uh, Michael Apted. Michael Apted in 1960-something made a documentary called Seven Up that was a bunch of different kids from England who were all seven years old. And oh, then okay. seven years later, he made one called 14. Oh, yeah, I heard about this. And then 21 up and 28. Uh, yeah. The last one was like 56. Are they all dead now? I thought it was, Is he I dead? Thought it was 49. 49. This is in 56 should be coming up. Yeah, yeah. Theoretically. Oh, they're still going. Yeah, yeah, they're still going. Good deal. And I've not watched a single one of them. I'm really interested, but I, from what I hear, like it just gets more and more depressing with each with, with each film. So Yeah, but I, like I, life. I, I still, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. The older you get the more horrible your life is, right? <laughs> Do you know that actually uh, studies show that you're happiest at your oldest? I'm happier now than I was when I was younger. You oh, know well, why? no question Le- about you know that. Why? No Le- homework. <laughs> <laughs> Legitimately, though, they say that like, you know, 80-year-olds are happier than, than 40-year-olds. On average. Probably makes sense. I must have been dealing with some sad 80-year-olds then. 
Or some very happy 40-year-olds. <laughs> Part of it is also that, like, having kids makes you happy in the long run because, like, you have grown-up kids that, mm-hmm. you know, either help you and then also, you know, are a ri- enriching part of your life, potentially, if you do it right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, and that happens for a lot of people. And then also, you know, it's really, you know, traumatic raising them. And that part is like, ah, ah, and then eventually you don't have to raise them anymore. And you're like, ah, old. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember my grandparents frequently just saying the word old. 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 Well, and of course, when you turn at your 70th birthday party, as you blow out your candles, you go, old. <laughs> just, I, but I old I, I, it right there. <laughs> I said that as a joke, but I really would, like, people talk about... Uh, like high school is like golden years or like the best time of their life and that makes me sad like That's high sad school, for those people high school was awful Yee! I mean I had yeah. as much fun as I could yeah. but school sucks like senior being, year of high school was pretty sweet but for being me. I feel like uh, just going to school and having authority figures and also just living with your parents it sucks like I I like my parents fine I like my parents yeah. but uh I wouldn't. I don't want to live under their rules. I, I don't disagree. Have, yeah, I want to have freedom, and so I don't care if I have more bills to pay and all kinds of the, and the pressures, and I have to go to a job every day. Uh, I'd take it over school any day. I have a pretty sweet gig because I do work from home, but I do have a boss. And uh, what about Saturday? There's no school on Saturday. You shouldn't take it on Saturday. But I still have to go home. Like my mom would probably make me pull weeds or something. Yeah, you're right. Pulling weeds is the worst thing. It's pretty stuff awful. in your hands and stuff. No, thank you. That's a new show on Showtime, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Sequel. It's a, it's a documentary about them canceling the show Weeds. Man, uh, that documentary <laughs> can't come fast enough. <laughs> um, so, uh, for a moment, I wanted to talk about John McTiernan. Yeah, I was going to um, ask. But, but I'm not sure how far to go into Predator, because you've not seen oh, it. Oh, yeah, don't, don't ruin it. Okay. But I'll, I'll speak in, in the vaguest possible terms. Um, that I think is probably, and I, I I don't think I'm breaking new ground when I say this. It was a very it was very panned at the time. It's one of the best action movies I've ever seen. Yeah, it's because great. it really whittles like whittles things down to just like it's sort of relentless. It just keeps it going. Whatever keeps the action flowing, like they don't get distracted. Like like yeah, Attack we'll, of the Clones. We'll reveal. <laughs> well, ugh. Yeah. Um, but like, <laughs> But, like, you know, they reveal characters, they go, but no more than the plot will allow because, I don't know, I just... Like Deep Blue Sea. Exactly like Deep Blue Sea, I guess, to a certain extent. I haven't seen it in years, but I do recall liking it. It it was really surprising. Like, it was very, it was, you know, completely, like, I mean, I'm sure that Predator is better and more enjoyable. But, like, I I expected Deep Blue Sea to be, like, really stupid, Mm -hmm. and it was, but it also was like a lot of things happen like I don't want to spoil anything specifically but like they didn't there's like you know there's like LL Cool J the the black guy like oh that guy's going you know like whatever like he seemed like a character who was just there for relief for a little bit and then would yeah. die immediately but that didn't happen mm-hmm. then there's like you know there's like a romance that you're like ah oh, well they'll be alive at the end and like they're not <laughs> yeah oh I mean and then uh, I don't remember the name of the Samuel Jackson a, that's that's who I was thinking of. No, I there was, is an amazing. Uh, he is in it, name. and it's amazing. Yeah. It, there's I, I an amazing. Yeah, what but are you uh, of? The, are you just one of the main. Car- no, is it is it Saffron Burroughs? I don't know. The the British woman uh, who is annoying. We're, you know what? We've just spoiled Deep Blue Sea. I don't care. <laughs> uh, 
LL Cool J doesn't die, Samuel L. Jackson does, and Saffron Burroughs, the annoying British scientist that you want to die throughout the film, but you're like, she's not going to die. And then she does. Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, makers of Deep Blue Sea, you've, <laughs> you've done what I wanted you to do. That's it was wonderful. It was very rewarding a lot of the time. Very much like, so. And even then, when you, like when Samuel Jackson died, you're like, oh, but ah, no, I didn't want him to die, but that was a great way for him to die. Yeah. Just inspirational speech. There you go. Oh, man. And it's a good speech, too. Talk Just about like today. Independence Day. I cried at that one. Did he you didn't, really? I cried at Bill Pullman's speech in Independence I, Day. Yep, me too. What What is going on here? Uh, you know, it was really touching and we're patriots. And yeah, it, it has a lot to do with it being We're patriots America of the world. <laughs> yeah. This will be the world's Independence Day. Yeah. For the record, I am conservative and thus more patriotic than you guys. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, honestly, actually, I'm our, joking. Yeah, I'm our, joking. Our country was founded by rebels. <laughs> That's the sound of If you are a patriot, call in. <laughs> if you're a cat, also. There you go. If you're a catriot. <laughs> okay, so... Cat riot. Uh, in, yeah. in, in your list of films yes. earlier that you talked about, you liked, you mentioned The Matrix. I did. Thoughts on the sequels? Uh... When I first saw them, you know, certainly not as good just because they were not any anywhere near as innovative. Like, you know, they might have had more stuff in them than the first one. But the, the first Matrix, compared to, like, all action movies and stuff before it, was, like, so far, like, cooler yeah. than, like, the, th- the second I and third agree, one yeah. were. And then the stories in the second and third one got, like, confounding. Like, yeah. they were difficult to follow. I mean, I didn't care. I liked I liked the fight scenes. They were, it was a, yeah. it was cool to watch, but it was just like I could have watched anything. I found owning them on DVD and watching them watching a them lot, again and again. I found yeah. the 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 complex plot and like ludicrously complex plot stuff in the second one to be enjoyable on repeat viewings. So I've actually come to quite like The Matrix Reloaded, even though I know a lot of people don't. And I'm okay with that. But oh, Revo- sure. Revolutions, I've never been able to be okay with. Do you know what what weird you know like? Uh, I had a, a weird, like you know, rewatching type of uh, you know change of heart on was the Scream movies. Yeah, because like I wa- I loved I, I never saw a scary movie before. That was the first like horror type movie that I ever saw. And because I I never I don't like gore. I'm like I'm not a super huge fan of being scared. But if it's like a well written, well done movie, mm-hmm. which I heard Scream was, I was like, oh, I'll I'll go see this. It seems like a cool thing to see. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it was good. It was uh-huh. a good. And then the second one was also it was like the same. It was like Scream. Two it was like Die Hard Two. It was like they did the same thing yeah. in a slightly different place. And you're like, oh, great, hey, you did it. And then the third one, the first time I saw it, I think it was written by somebody else. Yeah, and it was I didn't like, like the third one. I didn't like the third one at first at all. And then I just, uh, you know, since the fourth one came out, my roommate had not seen any. Uh, I think we we rewatched. I I rewatched and he watched for the first time two and three before we saw four. And like two was less good than I remembered, huh. and three was way better. It was like. It was really funny and enjoyable and held up. Like even with the uh, Jay and Silent Bob. Making I mean, the fact they movie. they didn't bother me as much because I was like, oh, who cares? Yeah, I right. forget. But but everything else about it. It's got Parker Posey. It was like it. There was like so much surprise. Like it was the fact that I hadn't seen. I didn't remember everything that was. Go- I mean, I remembered kind of who did it, but I also didn't remember like it was. It was well executed in a way that the other ones. I don't know. How, I don't know how. Like, and the fourth one was fine, but I, I didn't I, see the fourth one. I also I liked the fourth. I like. I, I think part of the, I watched the fourth one twice. The first time I was like good. The second time I was like meh. Um, part of my my problem with the third one. Watch is, it again. Is 
maybe the exact opposite of your feelings because you're not in into gore and stuff. Not that I am, but I feel like there's beyond just normal horror movie gore. Like the first, second, and fourth ones have like a real sadistic streak, and the third one, even though it's still rated R and it's still plenty bloody, plenty bloody, plenty it, bloody, it, it, it felt a little. Uh, Campy, safer, yeah. yeah, a little more toothless. Whereas, I, like, I when, guess, yeah, I, mean, I don't want to go. Like, I, I, I sort of agree with I, that. Yeah, I did like, I did, I did like. There was like, there's like a scene, like it's it's on a movie set, so it's like it's all meta, uh-huh. and like it, it's it's all self aware. You know, all of them are self aware, and you know, sort of like self referential, mm-hmm. and like like this is a movie about this thing that is a movie. You know, it's like a horror movie. Wow, we need to know about horror movies, and then the, the then they they brought it to such a literal place. That they, you know, they're like, we're on a movie set. Like, there are, like, fake weapons around in, like, one of the scenes. Oh, right, Like, yeah. somebody, like, goes to grab a knife, and it's, like, a wobbly knife. Like, ah! Yeah. Like, and then there's, like, all of the, the, the costumes yeah, lined and up. the actual yeah, the guy, face is, like, in the that was the freaky, yeah. yeah it that was, was pretty cool. That, and it's, it, a, there's a lot of good point. scenes like that, I felt. I do feel like the third one's actually a bit more concerned with being meta than being scary. And I think that's why I like the first two. Again, I haven't seen the fourth one. But, like, I like the idea... Comedy, when mixed with horror, can be so incredibly powerful and useful because it's like, hey, you may be laughing at this. Your laughs aren't going to save you. Like, I like that sort of thing. Knowledge of this thing may be, it may be fun for the viewer, but it will only save you to a certain point because you may know about the, the tropes of horror movies, but so does the killer. And you're both trying to use those to your own uh, advantage. And I feel like the third one was so... There were so many levels to it, which I kind of, I appreciate that as a film student, but I didn't find it very frightening. I felt like it oh, was... Oh, yeah. Like that, and maybe that's why I liked it also, because I don't care about being frightened. I yeah. cared about being... I was definitely way more entertained extensively. Well, and I don't care. I don't actually like being f- scared in movies either. I don't seek out horror movies because I'm like, I'm very easy. I'm going to murder frightened. you. Oh. oh. <laughs> well, listen, we need to start wrapping up because I know, Mike, uh, you've got a heart out here. Um, I just want to real briefly say before you say the thing that you said and I ruin the thing that you just said, okay. uh, but on the same level, I also, I'm a big fan of the Final Destination franchise. <laughs> like, I really, they make, the first one I thought was really good and then yeah. they really, they, they just all make me happy and yeah. like the, the 3D one, the, the one that they, the Final Destination, that, which is the only one I haven't seen yet. Uh, I really, I, too bad. I mean, it was really great in 3D. Like they used it really well. Mm-hmm. Like there's one scene in a mo- that's in a movie theater and stuff comes like through the screen in the movie. Hmm. So and then it comes out of the screen. It's like it's oh, that's really cool. Yeah, that's I was gonna cool say idea. no, no film franchise deserves to be in 3D more <laughs> than Final Destination. It is like if someone said, hey, we're we're gonna start 3D again it's like oh for Final Destination right yeah like, a nail through the head <laughs> into your own head yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. my favorite uh, of the three that I've seen my favorite death in all the Final Destination movies is in the end of the second one when the van blows up and sends a section of barbed wire fencing flying through the air and slices that kid into like six pieces oh sure that's uh they did, they, they're innovative they're, yeah. they're inventive folks over there so back to your all right, so before we wrap up, what, uh, there's a question I like to ask whenever we do these guests, sort of just talk about your favorite movies thing. What's the movie like that you own, the DVD you own, that you can throw in any time, that you watch the most often? Uh, you know, it's so weird because it, with, like, Netflix and, like, Hulu and everything now and, like, Project Free TV and all these, you know, places that every movie is sort of available at all yeah. times, uh, like, I hardly do throw in my my own DVDs, <laughs> right. but 
uh, like maybe, I mean, Die Hard is one that I do yeah. like, you know, every, every once in a while, I'm like, oh, I haven't watched this in a while. Like I, people that I meet though, you know, if I'm dating a new person, I'm like, you haven't seen Die Hard? You know, like it's, it's a big, it's a big thing like that for me. So yeah. Uh, sorry I, to I, not have a new one. Well, you know, I, I have, I've had a question plenty of times and I never really talked about what mine is that, and it's, it's a weird thing because it's not one of my favorite movies. It's a really good movie that I just find that I can watch all the time. It's almost like a comfort food movie to me and it's in the line of fire. Oh, funny. I love that movie and I could watch it anytime. I feel like that actually, uh, thinking about it now with uh, Shawshank Redemption. Ah, that's a good mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Like, yeah, every, I mean, it's just so redemptive for a, right. It's so shanky. Yeah. <laughs> sure it is. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, Mike Kaplan, I, I had a question to ask. He gave us a I'm quick... looking at my watch. Okay. We got 10 more okay. minutes. Do you know, we've been hosting the show for four and a half years. You got to know when we have a line to go out on like that. Fair enough. No, what's your question? It's too late now. Sure yeah, now, we, now you, you're going to have to uh, yeah. come up I'll, with I'll get another one. Gold. Well, Let's just it's, edit. It's, yeah. it's, uh, <laughs> it's, another, uh, it's another question that I've actually been trying to, uh, to ask when we have a guest on and kind of have a, just a general film discussion, uh, is there a movie or, or a couple of movies that you love, but most people don't seem to really know about? And you say you've got to see this thing. I mean, you, you mentioned Die Hard, of, Die Hard, of course, but a lot of people have already seen that. Just something that you and your years have found, and somehow no one else has seen it. And you're like, this is you got to see this. Uh, yeah, I have a couple. Okay. I think, I mean, I mentioned Next earlier with Nicolas okay. Cage. Like, I really, I only saw it once, but I felt pretty strongly about it. Like, mm-hmm. I was, I was surprised that, that I was, it was so good. And, like, I think that one is, like, sort of rewatchable. Hmm. Uh, I haven't done it yet, but I think, like, I'm just remembering the parts of it in my head are, is enjoyable to do. Um, I saw a movie, I don't, I don't, again, don't know how this would hold up, but, like, a movie that I remember really liking when I saw it, it really resonated, was a movie called Niagara, Niagara. That came out like when I was in either high school or college, and it was with like came out in I haven't seen it, but it would have been ninety eight or ninety nine. I think think it was with Robin Tunney. That's right, yeah, and uh, and Elliot from ET, I believe Henry Thomas. Henry Thomas, exactly. And it was like they were in a relationship and facing some problems of some kind. Uh, But it was just I don't know why it resonated with me at that (laughs) point. But uh, there's one like. there's a, co- a movie made by a comedian, Henry Phillips. Do you know that guy? I know who he is. Henry yeah. Phillips uh, made a movie called Punching the Clown, mm-hmm. uh, which is basically sort of like an autobiographical, uh, like a movie about uh, him. He's playing you know a character named Henry Phillips who mm-hmm. does the, th- the thing that he does, it, but it's fictional. He moves to L.A. and tries to make it as a comedian, and then sort of like a bunch of like you know sort of like curb your enthusiasm like you know like mishaps lead to various hijinks. Uh, but it's uh, it's a nice. I, it's I mean I should, I think it's on Netflix. Hmm. Um, I like a, Henry Phillips. He's a funny. He's, he's a he guitar. Guitar. guitar comic, yeah. yeah, he has a. If I'm thinking of the right guy, he has a song. I saw him do a show here in Los Angeles, and he did a song that would only play here in Los Angeles about San Vicente Boulevard, which, if you live here, you know, is this ridiculous, crazy boulevard that seems to go in a different direction after mm-hmm. every couple blocks, and it was. Uh, Hilarious, and so if that's the guy I'm thinking of, it I'm probably pretty sure is. It is. He's he's a great. I mean, he's a great musician. He's an amazing guitarist, and also super funny as a human, and puts them together well. And so, and then this movie was just like a really nice, like realist, sort of realistic, but also you know, sort of absurdist, mm-hmm. like look at his his time in the business. Punching the clown. Punching, Punching the, clown. the clown. Niagara, Niagara, and of course, next. All right. 
All right, that was. I'm sorry. Right, yeah, you, to, uh, you ruined everything. We got some movies out there that uh, <laughs> I hadn't heard of, so here we go. Well, Mike, Mike Kaplan, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks um, for having me. Show it is. There you go. <laughs> uh, you can find us at battleshippretension.com. Uh, email David at battleshippretension.com. Tyler at battleshippretension.com. I'm on Twitter at twitter.com/slash/thepretension. Tyler's on Twitter at twitter.com/slash/morelessons, which is the official Twitter of his other podcast, More Than One Lesson, which you can get at morethanonelesson.com or on iTunes and you can find my other podcast the weekly television review show previously on at previouslyonshow.com or in iTunes Mike where can people find you and Vegan Mind Meld and everything that is Mike uh, Mike Kaplan M-Y-Q-K-A-P-L-A-N dot com or at Facebook or at Twitter or on iTunes or on Amazon or you know, Google you know Go- Google will probably find you most of the yeah. things are you, are you doing the Google Plus thing uh, I am on it I'm not really doing anything with it yet I don't know um, what's going to happen <laughs> but uh, yeah I'm I'm there <laughs> Put me in a circle. <laughs> I keep getting invitations. I don't even know what it is. It's 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 claimed to be Google's Facebook. Okay, uh, but it's, and the thing is, you can put people into circles. So uh, you can, if you post something, then you say, okay, I only want the people who are in these circles to see it. So you can hide shit from your family, or oh yeah, hide shit from the people who are only friends with you because they listen to the podcast. You have something more personal yeah. that's about your family. You know that kind of thing. Hmm. Yeah. Sounds pretty good. Yeah, sounds pretty like cool. Sure Battleship. does. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening, everyone. We'll get you next time. Dufresne. Bye. Bye. <laughs>